Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into Fizz Final. Ian Unsworth here alongside John Eads. And John, we're, we're disappointed. Syracuse loses to a Duke team that is winless no more. Scoreline 38-24, Blue Devils. And it was, it was really all Duke. Duke controlled this game on the ground, made the Syracuse front seven look silly, and the Orange offense could never really get it going. Uh, a lot of injuries, too, for the Orange, breaking up the game. No Andre Sisco, Eric Coley to start this one out. But it didn't really matter. The secondary played well. The front seven got demolished. The box score tells the story for this game, Ian. And, uh, you know, in 2020, not, not many games fit under that category. But, folks, if you didn't even watch the game, just look at the box score. It tells you the full story. Duke dominated both sides of the ball today, except the turnover department, which we'll get into. But a very disappointing performance. And we, you know, we said on Wednesday uh, a great win two weeks ago over Georgia Tech. But we have to, you know, kind of taper our expectations. And uh, we certainly got a wake-up call today. Uh, John, before the game, we were joking. Only one of our staff writers, Brad Klein, picked Duke to win this game. We were all like, those Syracuse won. Syracuse beat Georgia Tech. They have to win, and just know, Brad, the wise old sage he is, got this one right. Let's just go through some of the stats pretty quickly. Duke, 363 yards on the ground. Deion Jackson, 169 of those, and Mateo Durant, 163. Two TDs for Durant at a clip of seven yards per carry. Jackson, five and a half. Chase Bryce played all right. He wasn't anything special. Had a lot of inaccurate throws, but he made them when it counted 270 yards, 22 for 38, two touchdowns, one interception. But the story comes back to the ground game over and over and over again. You just saw Jackson and Durant getting through holes in the front line and then breaking tackles on the second level. You said it. And 7.1 yards per carry for Durant, that's not a typo. 5.6 for Deion Jackson. Those are numbers you'd expect from guys who get maybe three or four carries a game and they kind of break off a couple long runs. No. Deion Jackson, 30 carries. Mateo Durant, 23 carries. These guys carried the ball all day at a dominant rate. Like I said, Jackson, every time he touched it, he was going for about six yards. And every time Durant touched it, about seven. And like Ian said, that can be attributed to a lot of things. Syracuse did not tackle well in the open field. And they really didn't get a good push on the defensive line all day. And the linebackers... I think we're poor coming downhill and filling the gaps. We talked about trying to make Duke one-dimensional beforehand. Well, they kind of did that. They kind of did, but that one dimension just absolutely torched Syracuse. And it was strange because throughout the beginning of the game, the Duke's run game was going, it was going, but the Blue Devils turned the ball over three fumbles in the first half. One of those from Jackson, one of those from Chase Bryce, and then one from a, a receiver. Am I correct on that? Yes, yep, and then, yep. A, and then a couple near ones as well. I mean, Duke could have turned the ball over 10 times this game. There were several times where we dropped interceptions, we forced fumbles, but Duke recovered them. I mean, we were watching the Georgia Tech-Louisville game last night. Georgia Tech was winning the turnover battle by maybe 5. I think it was 5 nothing today, 4 nothing in favor of Syracuse. And they still were losing for a lot of that game and finally prevailed in the end. But 
I mean, how do you win the turnover margin four to nothing and still lose by fourteen points? It's mind boggling. It's also strange because Chase Bryce got yanked there yep. in the second quarter. Gunnar Holmberg, backup Duke QB, came in and just ran a drive for no reason at all, other than Chase Bryce got absolutely rocked yeah. when he when he fumbled the ball in, in the second quarter. No matter the quarterback switch, Duke just seemed to look dominant. The offensive line asserted itself, and Syracuse had no answers. Only two tackles for loss, and both of those were sacks. David Cutcliffe, I think, called an excellent game for the Blue Devils today. Just managed the game. They converted when they needed to. 12 of 17 on third downs. And when you run the ball a lot, you're going to run the clock a lot. 40 minutes compared to Syracuse's 20 in time of possession. 36 first downs. I mean, those are video game type numbers. I mean, not a lot of big plays, but just a consistent dominance up and down the field methodically. Just a beautifully called game from Cutcliffe. I'm sure he was watching film. Uh, We haven't seen Syracuse's defense get eaten up like this all year. I guess we saw inklings of it in in that Georgia Tech game, but not like this, certainly. And with another turnover-prone quarterback, I expected a couple more picks which there were certainly opportunities. I thought Mikel Jones could have grabbed one. Trill Williams had one go right through his breadbasket in the red zone, and Duke got points off of that. But still, it's it's inexcusable from a Syracuse defense that we lauded after the first two weeks and now is starting to slide just like we saw last year. And it was with the same guys. I mean, if you want to make the excuse for injuries, no Cisco today, no Coley, a lot of the same guys that played today played against Georgia Tech, and the defense looked pretty good against Georgia Tech. And just today, for whatever reason, I know there were a lot of injuries today as well. Guys in and out of the game were getting very thin in the secondary. Ah, 611 yards. I mean, that those, is... those injuries didn't really make a difference, if we're yeah. being honest. It was the run game. It was the short throws. It was not the deep balls that beat Syracuse. Uh, let's, let's, let's flip the field here. Yeah. Syracuse on offense was exactly the polar opposite of Duke. After that one big shot, the 79-yard dime from DeVito to Harris down the far sideline, there was nothing going. Sean Tucker didn't really get it going today. Only 12 carries for 53 yards. DeVito, he looked pretty accurate at first, but then really just struggled from the second quarter on. And then in the second half, the offensive line fell apart. Same old story. DeVito got injured, came out in the fourth quarter on the sideline, and cr- he had crutches, and he had a boot on his left foot. Oh, boy. Not it, a good sign. We're, we're writing the same old story. Yep, not a good sign. And here's a summarized version of how Syracuse's drives went today. It was either a three and out, or it was a two or three play, huge play drive, resulting in a long touchdown. You had the Taj Harris long touchdown. Luke Benson had a long touchdown. Just... It was either a hit or it was a miss. There was no in-between. There wasn't one drive where Syracuse, you know, just kind of moved their way up the field. And the one time they did do that, they couldn't get the first down on fourth and one. So uh, kind of like we've been seeing all year, it's either a big play or it's nothing. And that's back to the play calling. There's so many deep shots. Every single pass play is a screen, a throw out to the flat, or a deep shot. There's no intermediate route running combinations going on from the receivers. And I'm not exactly sure why, because they have receivers that are built to play in the slot and to get open over the middle of the field. Nikeem Johnson, for example. Courtney Jackson dropped a deep ball. Like, 
these guys need some stickum, dog. They, they the Syracuse receivers did not look good today. Besides Taj Harris, who had 138 and a touchdown, but their the chemistry seemed to be off. There were throws behind. There were drops. It, it nothing came together today for Tommy DeVito in the passing game. Syracuse needs to find a number two at the wide receiver position. We thought it could be Anthony Queeley. We thought it could be Nikeem Johnson. It was nobody today. Taj Harris, six catches, 138 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of that coming off of one 79-yard connection with DeVito. But outside of him, there was just no other pass catcher that was making an impact. Uh, Courtney Jackson had a couple drops. Nikeem Johnson, a couple drops. And Queeley was just quiet the entire day. So I think that's what they got to find going forward. I think Sean Tucker had a, a, you know, a pretty solid... Second game, 12 carries, 53 yards. There wasn't much to say on the run game today, but uh, they just need to find more production. And the offensive line needs to stand up in the second half. Duke had eight combined sacks, tackles for loss, you know, mush those together. But Aaron Service got absolutely smoked a couple times off the right end by Chris Rumpf, who looked amazing today. And, uh, I mean, as a defensive end, he's certainly going to be an all-ACC caliber player, but from a starter, senior captain, Aaron Service, you can't have that. And then we just had more of the same. DeVito holds the ball too long. It's pressured. John, am I am I repeating myself? Because I feel like I've been doing this a lot this year. Just the same old DeVito's holding the ball too long. He's scrambling. He throws it away. We saw him run out of bounds two yards behind the line of scrimmage when he was chased by two Duke defenders. I, I don't have an answer for any of this stuff, but it's not going to get any better anytime soon. There's there's just a talent deficiency at the end of the day between this Syracuse offensive line and any of these front fours they're facing. Well, you mentioned Chris Rumpf and Victor Dimukehi, uh, two very experienced guys, two of the better ends in the ACC. And that leads into my point, you know, when Syracuse has played a better-than-average defensive line this year. They've just been terrible. Georgia Tech does not have a good defensive line. They, it's one of the weaker defenses they've seen and probably will see all year. Pitt's D-line, 8. North Carolina's defensive line, 8. And today, Duke's defensive line was stellar. Definitely, uh, you know, last year they had one sack and just three QB hurries against, you know, the same offensive line that really struggled. So I'm sure they came out today with the intention, uh, you know, of making up for that bad you know, bad performance they had last year, and they certainly did that. But my point here is that against a better-than-average defense, Syracuse has been able has not been able to do anything. That's very true, and we're gonna. I'm gonna go back to the play callers here. Sterling Gilbert has to be better. No, no other answer. It's not like Devito's going to get amazing overnight. Tucker's great as a freshman, but he can only get so much better as a freshman. It, it has to fall on the shoulders of Sterling Gilbert to set this offense up for success. And the tight ends got involved today. I love to see that, but there needs to be more of that. The wide receivers, there are a couple big catches, but there needs to be more intermediate routes. Take the pressure off of the quarterback, please. Get the wide receiver, excuse me, get the running backs involved in the passing game. Tucker caught one swing pass. And actually got it, ran it for a good yeah, game. Good play. That was a great play, and that's something we need to see more of going forward. I'm, I'm going to keep calling on Sterling Gilbert every week to do something different. Please, do something different. Make me watch Syracuse football like I have not watched it before. Like the new offensive coordinator you are supposed to be. Do something different. 
be innovative. Syracuse had two weeks to prepare for a Blue Devils defense that you said is you said John is good, rightfully so, but no world beaters. And Syracuse came out and looked miserable. You make a great point because amidst all of this, I completely forgot that we had a bye week last week. I mean, they came out and you know they they played Duke out of the bye week last year and they played excellent this year though. I just think they started slow and can never really find their footing. Um, so, yeah, especially when you have two weeks prepare, to prepare, very disappointing. Um, so kind of just all that went wrong today defensively. The front seven was not very good. We couldn't tackle. They, they didn't tackle very well. Uh, several missed opportunities, whether they be dropped interceptions, not jumping on top of the football. Drop passes, too. Drop passes uh, offensively, yep. So the offensive ones uh, dropped passes. The offensive line was not good. In any sense of the word. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of skipped over the point I wanted to make. Um, we need to use Sean Tucker more. So I think that's another thing that went wrong today. Only 12 carries for Sean compared to Duke, who gave their running backs darn near 60 carries. Uh, so 12 is not enough for Sean. He can make a bigger impact on the game for you. You just got to give him the ball. Well, Syracuse shouldn't have been overmatched today. But they certainly were a 38-24 to defeat to Duke, who was winless on the year coming in, but gets their first victory of 2020 in the Carrier Dome. Syracuse drops to 1-3. and three. John, anything else? Yeah. Uh, what do you think going forward? I mean, because we saw DeVito hurt at the end there, and Cisco and Coley are still banged up. I mean, things are looking bleak. We got Liberty. They have Liberty next week. Clemson after that I mean we're they're just starting to get into the meat of their schedule and guys are going down left and right yeah Clemson that's gonna be fun let's (laughs) let's roll the dice against Liberty next week play the play the COVID game play the COVID game yes Liberty is 4-0 I mean they haven't played anybody uh significant at all but hey they're 4-0 so that's that's still an undefeated mark on the year We'll see what Hugh Freeze, not in his hospital bed this time, brings to the table. Uh, Liberty is coming to the Dome, so hopefully that's some sort of advantage. It looked like it two weeks ago, certainly not today. And we'll, we'll see what happens next Saturday. Of course, we'll be with you later in next week for the Liberty Preview Pod. And for John Eads, I've been Ian Unsworth saying so long and I guess a pretty woeful Go Orange.